Hi, hello and welcome. This is the Zonecast where we interview emerging Canadian professionals, entrepreneurs and academics. And uh, today we have with us on the show, Sammy Kustantini. He is a senior brand development manager at Tree of Life. Hi, Sammy. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, well and uh, hope you're having a good day too. Yes, absolutely. I'm definitely enjoying the weekend and the time off. And I want to learn more about you and your food marketing background. So can we talk about your uh, professional and personal background? Absolutely. So can you tell us more about uh, about that? Sure. So um, I guess I can start with uh, introducing myself a little bit more. Um, on a personal level, I'm uh, just an average guy, you know, husband, father of two beautiful kids. And um, I, I moved to Canada a couple of decades ago to attend university. I uh, went to University of Western Ontario where I uh, majored in business. And um, from that point, I worked in, in various different fields. But uh, the one consistent thing throughout my life has been food, whether uh, on a personal level or a professional level. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I started my career in advertising and uh, transitioned through a few roles um, as an analyst, and eventually I ended up being a brand manager um, with a food uh, processor here in Canada. And I've been a brand manager ever since. Um, I'm in my fifth year now. And as you mentioned, I uh, am a brand uh, senior brand development manager with Tree of Life Canada. Uh, and what we do is we import food and distribute it in, Can- in the Canadian market, essentially. Mm-hmm. So um, can you tell us about some of the interesting marketing campaigns and projects that you've worked on for different uh, food products? Certainly. Um, I would imagine, I mean, I would say that my first um, major exposure to uh, marketing campaigns with food brands uh, would have been with during my time with Maple Lodge Farms, um, where I worked on, I was the brand manager for a uh, halal brand called Zabia Halal, and um, I had uh, worked on developing some marketing campaigns. The most um, memorable to me would have been the marketing campaign that I uh, worked on um, in 2016 when I was launching a number of uh, new products, and it just so happened to coincide with Ramadan during that year. So um, it was just perfect timing to launch those products to the uh, halal consumer. And um, uh, we we did a collaboration with a, a charitable organization called Islamic Relief, where uh, at the time uh, our, the focus for our campaign was to um, uh, give back to the community, specifically the, uh, the the Syrian refugees who at that point were being welcomed into Canada, and uh, to help them uh, get their lives started uh, here in, in in this country. Um, so yeah, I'd say that was probably one of the most uh, uh, impactful campaigns that I've worked on. Um, since then, I've been working more in, in a trade marketing capacity. So um, we didn't, we don't really have as much uh, funding to to do campaigns on that scale. But we, um, you know, we we still try to expose our brands to um, as many consumers as possible through um, different means, but on a much tighter budget. So Tree of Life is uh, is a distributor, if I understand, and you promote their products to different retailers like Walmart? 
Correct, exactly. So, so we import products mostly from um, other, other countries. Um, some brands we carry are Canadian. Um, for me specifically, um, my biggest vendor is uh, a company called Tyson um, out of the U.S. And uh, they're one of the largest uh, food manuf- uh, processors and manufacturers um, in the United States. And um, they have just a wealth of brands. Uh, many of which we do not have here in Canada, but part of my mission is to essentially uh, start to bring some of those brands here. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And uh, you also mentioned that uh, you have had your own food businesses. So can you tell us more about that? This is correct. Uh, my love for food has taken me as far as uh, essentially starting my own business when I was uh, uh, 25 years old. So this was the, uh, 10 years ago, um, along with a partner of mine, we uh, purchased a uh, Hero Certified Burgers franchise um, in downtown Toronto. And it was, for me, it was a very valuable experience uh, and probably, um, you know, as enlightening as any, you know, MBA that you could get from any uh, university. And I sur- I have an MBA from York University and, and certainly some of the experiences that I got from running my own business um are are things that you wouldn't get any kind of um exposure to through education it has to be hands on application and um i had that business for about a year and a half um and at that point in time it was just i had my daytime job which was in advertising and then in the evenings i worked at the restaurant and i had no time for myself um fortunately at the time i was you know, uh, I didn't have a family, uh, so responsibility-wise, you know, I devoted all of my time to work. And after about a year and a half, I was just uh, uh, kind of exhausted, um, and I wanted to go back to school to pursue my MBA, and, and that's why um, I sold. We sold this business, but more recently, I started a um, specialty bakery uh, here in Mississauga with my wife. And um, we've been running it for, uh, in fact, today we celebrate our 11-month anniversary. So um, it's been going uh, well and very well received, fortunately. And um, we hope to continue growing this brand that we built together. What are the challenges of marketing food products? Is it a very competitive landscape? Um, to, uh, Marketing food products, it, it, I would say that it's not so much the marketing of it that is that has a lot of challenges as much as it is, um, you know, bringing food from anywhere, even producing food here locally. Um, you are bound by a lot of restrictions, um, whether it's allergens, uh, banned ingredients. Um, you know, it, right now, as you can uh, appreciate, we have um, the whole you know, NAFTA agreement situation has um, uh, cast out on, on, on some of the brands that we work with and some of the products that we try to bring into the country with tariffs and whatnot uh, and quotas that we have on certain types of products. It just means that it, it just restricts our ability to um, do the work that we do and and uh, and bring in some of the products that we'd like to bring in. Um, and also, uh, you know, with, with the currency exchange, that definitely doesn't help either. Um, but even locally, uh, we're bound by a lot of uh, restrictions um, by, you know, 
regulations or by quota systems. Um, and, and, you know, this uh, affects our work. But you know what? Some of these or many of these um, uh, processes and restrictions are in place to protect the consumer. And I completely understand that. And it's just part of the process. So, um, you know, we work with it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing in uh, in the in the food distribution capacity, especially if you are selling in large quantities, may, the margins per unit may be small, and the change in dollar value, Canadian dollar value over U.S. value might make a big difference, especially if you're importing from U.S. Of course, yes. Uh, you know, as with any business, you have certain targets you'd like to hit um, in your margin and. Um, you always have to balance uh, the the costs that uh, you incur, whether it's uh, currency exchange uh, costs or whether it's um, you know um, freight costs. But we, we you get a lot of there are a lot of uh, it's always a, a challenge trying to balance between how much volume you're going to generate, how much uh, market you're going to be able to um, acquire in order for you to make your targets and sometimes you just it's part of the business plan where you have to look at whether or not um there's enough um there's enough demand or there's enough uh potential for a product to succeed um if if the margins are not there uh and you have to try to hit a certain volume and whether or not you are going to be able to hit that volume so it's a balancing act and and uh, you know there there's no there's no right or wrong answers sometimes you just have to take a risk and sometimes you you hit a home run and sometimes you you have a uh you know a failure on your hands but this is how you learn and and um as long as you're trying something eventually you will succeed mm-hmm. how was it experience uh, working with maple lodge farms and what kind of uh, work did you do there any interesting campaigns and projects yeah, I touched on it a little earlier uh, in the interview. I was the brand manager for a brand called Zabia Halal, and and it was an interesting brand because it targeted it targeted a certain group of consumer mm-hmm. who had certain dietary restrictions, um, and, and that was different than you know targeting a specific ethnic group or a specific um, you know uh, a consumer of a specific product. It was a, more of a lifestyle uh, brand. And it was it was fascinating because you you have to um, you have to you know the pre- the availability of information about your target consumer is not quite there compared to uh, a, a mainstream brand uh, per se, and that always poses certain challenges. But then you know the pursuit of um, you know uh, market research and insights about this consumer and and, and finding out what they're looking for um, to develop products for that consumer was probably the most fun um, of this job. It was it was not a typical brand management role uh, for me. So uh, I really appreciated my time there. And and you know, it never hurts when you're working with food. There's always something delicious uh, uh, to be had. My my waistline certainly <laughs> saw the effect of that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I was there for a couple of years, and then from there, I moved on to another role uh, in in a, uh, a a food importer distributor, um, where I worked with different types of products, uh, not poultry, uh, but more, you know, confectionery and and uh, 
pickled goods and, and things of that nature. And, you know, all food is, is interesting to work with. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so you've obviously worked with a number of food companies and a number of uh, food brands. So which one did you like the most? Which uh, brand or working with which brand did you enjoy the most? Uh, you're you're getting me in trouble here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say I have a, a, any favorites. I mean, I think for me, the, the products themselves are one one consideration. But then there's the people behind the brands that uh, I've worked with. They're they're especially on the um, in the importer distributor um, companies that I've worked for. Um, you work with vendors and uh, sometimes those individuals whether you like the product or not they make that experience all the more pleasant or not so pleasant so i mean there's a lot of brands that i really um liked working with but um you know i, I would have to say one of the most memorable ones um one of the the one of my favorite people to work with was um a brand out of finland called panda and they make natural licorice and uh um, just the people behind that brand are, are fantastic and very, very, you know, down to earth and sweet, even though they work for a major corporation in, in Europe. So, um, you know, that just makes, made my job all the more, um, uh, fun. And, um, but yeah, I, I can't say I have a favorite. Uh, I think, um, out of every place that I've worked at, there's, there's people that I, enjoyed working with and there's brands that i enjoyed um working on so mm -hmm. and when you're promoting a brand let's say like a zabiha halal brand which mm -hmm. uh, targets the muslim community uh, what kind of marketing practices do you employ so that's an excellent question i mean the struggle we had was how do you reach this consumer who when you think about it, it again it's, it's not a specific ethnicity um, yeah. anybody could yeah. be muslim you know yeah. and, and and that's the challenge is that there's if it was one ethnic group then maybe you just target the, the media channels that cater to that particular group but how are you trying to reach a a, a, a big uh you know a share of, of of your mainstream consumer um and we didn't have the budget to spend um, as though it is a major, you know, um, uh, tier one mainstream CPG brand. So we had to be very selective about the media that we uh, use to reach the consumer. Social media is definitely, um, uh, you know, important in this case because uh, the, the research that we had about this consumer showed us that they were very tech savvy. Um, they, they were very connected. Um, many of them had recently moved to Canada and they had family back home. So just by default, they were online and, and connected to be able to reach people back home. So that was a great, um, uh, you know, channel for us to reach them through and also very cost effective. Um, other ways uh, we, we reached consumers was through um, event sponsorships. I mean, being out in the community and talking to the consumers face to face and, and, and you know, seeing their reaction to our products firsthand, um, I think that is that was uh, very invaluable for us. Um, and, and it really helped us connect to our consumers. Uh, obviously, you can't be everywhere all at the same time, so you have to be selective about which events you um, were present at. But, you know, 
fortunately, being in the GTA, we have some some of the the biggest population, or uh, in terms of our consumer base, and also um, the biggest channels that, and the biggest events that took place that uh, catered to those people. So we were able to reach a, a large number of those consumers. Can Can you share any marketing campaigns that you have done for a specific ethnicity? like Indians or Hispanics or or Asians or, or you know, and and how, how, how do you reach out to a specific ethnicity? What do you, what's the process behind that? So, I I mean, we, we didn't really do a lot of that, to be quite honest with you. I remember when I first joined Maple Lodge Farms, um, they were already, they were already planned and we're in the midst of executing a uh, campaign that targeted um, two groups of, of consumers or ethnic consumers, um, those who were Urdu speaking, so the Pakistani community, and um, those who were Arabic speaking, so the Arabs. And we, the way that they had, the, the media they, they chose to uh, um, connect with the, this consumer through was radio. Uh, and, you know, I'd speak on how well that campaign performed to climate. with you. I didn't really get any um, solid uh, uh, data back on on the performance, but I I tend to shy away from singling out specific ethnic groups unless you're talking about a you know a product that is um, you know from one country and only one ethnic group of people consume it, which I can't really even think of uh, a lot of products like that. And with the Bia Halal, it, it was meant for any halal consumer. And there were some people who were not Muslim necessarily who consumed halal products just because they um, they appreciated the ways in which the products were made. They uh, you know they appreciated the, the rigorous um, uh, rules that uh, that you know the manufacturer had to abide by in order for them to produce these products. So. Um, yeah, I don't think it was very applicable in my case, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to continue working in the food space? Uh, definitely. <laughs> I, I not only do I enjoy it a lot, I um, also have vested interest now. I have, I have my own business um, that, uh, um, you know, a bake shop, and we hope to grow the shop beyond one location uh, and, and, you know, something is in the works right now whereby we hope to see this, um, uh, our brand grow into multiple locations. And um, yeah, I, I see my life revolving around it. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully that is the case. So you have a position, I'm guessing it's a full-time position at Tree of Life. And then you're also working and doing your bakery shop, and then you have kids. It's a lot on your plate. It is, and and I think, you know, ever since I graduated from my uh, from my undergrad program, I've always been, uh, I've always had multiple things on the go at one point in time. I mean, I, I had I was doing doing my day job in advertising and running a burger restaurant at, at night, and then. You know, from that point, I was still working, and then I was pursuing my MBA part time. Um, so my my time was full, and then you know, here we are. I have a full time job and the bake shop. Now, the bake shop, to be fair, I don't work in the shop itself. I 
Uh, I just help my wife run it. She's the baker and she's there every day. Um, I just help manage it with her. And, um, you know, I'm more on the admin side of things rather than the, 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 the actual baking and food preparation side of it. So, but I, I enjoy being, um, you know, kind of busy. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with my time if I wasn't, uh, if I didn't have a lot of things on the go, to be quite honest with you. So I think you just condition yourself to live a certain lifestyle. And, and, and this is how I, um, this is how I live right now. Mm-hmm. That's uh, pretty interesting. And uh, what are your hobbies? What are your interests? Um, when I'm not running the bake shop or uh, doing my day job or <laughs> spending time with my kids, uh, um, I mean, I really enjoy traveling. Uh, so uh, it's it's kind of hard to do when you have young kids, but um, I've always been a big fan of traveling and, and big history buff. So I like to uh, do sightseeing and, and, and more historical tours and things like that. Um, I enjoy music. I mean, I used to go to concerts a lot when, I was younger and, and when I didn't have kids, um, um, I enjoy sports, although I, I, I don't play as much as I uh, would have wished I could um, right now. But, you know, hopefully my kids get a little older and have a little bit more time to myself. I can, you know, uh, go back to playing soccer. Soccer is my favorite sport. Um, and yeah, I mean, other hobbies involve um, um, currency trading uh, of all things. I enjoy uh, currency trading, although it's unfortunately not something I can do um, right now. It involves being free during the day um, to be online to do it, and, and I can't do that with a day job. But uh, I hope to eventually one day go back to doing that as well. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, well Sami, it has been uh, very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about you as a person and also as an entrepreneur and a food marketer. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Listeners, thank you so much for listening to Zonecast and please do stay tuned for more episodes.